0: Blog Talk Radio Challenging, thought provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener.
1: Hey, 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 welcome, welcome, we're glad to have you. Hey, today's show, radio show for today, Monday, if you're writing it down, it's May eleventh, two 2015, Surviving Social Unrest, Riots. Looters Marauders Flash mobs flash robs. Hey here's a call in number. If you have a clean point to make, I have my my hand on the ready button to ready to, to dump you. If you if you got anything ignorant to say, don't don't do it. No profanity, none of that stuff. But uh if you have a clean point to make 595 six four six five nine five four six four one. That's six four six five nine five four six four one. This is part one, I'm, I'm figuring, uh in a, of a series. Now we're live right now, by the way. Part one of a series I'm doing Avoiding and Surviving Social Unrest. Rioters, looters, and marauders. Welcome to the Collision of Faith and Politics. This is the fastest hour in radio. Remember that call a number, six four six five nine five Four six four one chat is open. I will try to I see there's a bunch of people logged in there uh welcome, welcome, welcome. If you have any questions, that's the place for it. that's a good place uh if you don't want to call in, I really appreciate uh all of the great chat remarks and and all that It's an awesome thing. You all are awesome. I have a very active listening base, okay, so here you go. You just got home from work after a long day of working for the man. You've been working for the man trying to trying to make your money, pay your bills, the man. You're just trying to get your work on. You ain't trying to bother nobody. You just want to come home, maybe mow up your grass, grill up a few burgers or steaks if you're fortunate enough to have some of that red meat, maybe some yacht bird, one special down at the grocery. You're tarred. You're not trying to you're not trying to mess with a bunch of foolishness. And then you look out your window and there's marchers. There's rioters. Criminals marching down your street toward your home and as they go, they're marching toward your family. Right now they're burning, they're robbing, and they're stealing everything your neighbors have ever worked for. Everything. They're beating and they're killing your neighbors. They're setting their homes on fire. They're stealing their cars. And if they don't like the car enough to steal, they flip the car over or they bash out the windows. They urinate inside the vehicle. They're on their way to your house to do their very worst to you and your family. They're there to take all or ruin all of your worldly possessions. Being a good citizen working for the man, you do what you're conditioned to do. You do what you're trained to do. You call the police, you call 911. But you know what? You're on your eighth call. You're on your you are on your eighth call to 911 and let me tell you what. They're not answering anymore. They're not answering. It just rings and rings and rings. You haven't seen a police car now in hours. Not hours. You haven't seen them in hours. You're starting to get really, really nervous because you know what? You're not the rioting type. You're not the type to cause a bunch of problems. You're not the you're not the social unrest kind of person. As I said, you're just working for the man. You're just trying to, you know, pay your bills. Cover your expenses. Put diapers on the babies. Every now and then, you're trying to get your hair did, get your nails did. You're just trying to make a little money. Get your get your get your nose just out of that water, just out of that water. Man, you're not trying to get rich. You're just trying to just trying to get your nose out of the water. And and you've been calling, the nine one one that you paid for. You've been calling, and calling and calling, and nobody's answering. Nobody's answering. What do you do now? You see, this is what you figured out. The police are outnumbered. They're outflanked. And as much as this is difficult for you to accept, you know what? Police officers have families, too. They want to protect their own families, too. And you know what? They can't protect your family. Folks, they can't protect their own families. Why? Because police have been handcuffed by a fluffy, politically correct society That is pro-criminal, and it's anti-police. What do you do? What do you do? Well, better yet, how about this? You become aware of a police arrest. Maybe it's in your town or the next town over. And you know that in the past, in other places in the country, that type of arrest led to social unrest, protest, demonstration, fires, riots, robbing, looting, anarchy. Hey, I said riots and anarchy last. Why did I say riots last, do you think? Isn't that the first thing to be wary of? Isn't that the first thing that you pay attention to? Isn't that the first word that you hear that you say, "Hey, you know what? I've got to do something. I got a problem here. I got to, I got to react." Isn't that the first thing you hear that and you say, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh, no." Where do riots start? How do riots start? The the answer to that question, aren't riots the first thing to be wary of? No. Where do riots start? How do riots start? But look, the answer isn't simply that riots start in a part of the city or town you live in. Let me help you out here. I can see you're struggling. Taco Tony is in the back scratching his head. He's got grease all over his hands. Many of you wouldn't know where Taco Tony was. He's just been quiet. He's nervous about the subject I'm going to talk about today. Today's show, easily the most controversial show you will ever hear so far to date at the Collision of Faith and Politics. 646-595-4641 is the call-in number. Keep it clean, but keep it real. Where do riots, how do riots, at what point do riots start? At what point are you and your family in danger? Riots start with seemingly benign unrest, protests, demonstrations, somebody mad about something. And no matter how peaceful they start, riots start with gatherings of people. That's, as soon as the people start to gather, that's when you've got some problems. I think there's a problem here. There's a lot of people on the street. As soon as you see that, as soon as you see that starting to build, that got to be an alert. Red light, condition red. Look, I'm going to I'm going to teach you step by step what to do. I've thought about it and I've talked about it for a long time, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that on this show. I'm going to teach you step-by-step step what to do and what not to do. Almost as important. In fact, it might might sometimes be even more important. What not to do in order to protect yourself and your family. Notice I didn't say your property, and there's a reason why. I'm going to tell you about that in today's show. There's a reason why, and you'll understand once I tell you. How should you prepare for when the inevitable riots come to your town. How should you prepare? What should you do? I'm going to teach you why one of the biggest elements of your preparation must be mental toughness and why your internal dialogue, that little self-talk, no well, I think no one but you hears. That internal dialogue, that self-talk, it's got to be mental toughness. I don't just mean being or becoming a positive thinker and and how that exclusively positive thinking can and will. Let me tell you what, it, it will get you killed. It will get you killed. Quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country, if that's you, and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter. But, I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination, and the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you've got to do something, but what is something? As I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash godandcountryradio. There's a link there uh, for a center of self-governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash godandcountryradio, click on like and sign up and you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you super super easy and i can help arrange courses for you in the northeast and elsewhere you gotta do it you say i gotta do something i want to do something this is the something this is the something really big this is the secret sauce gotta ask yourself some tough questions do you really have what it do you really have what it takes to help save this country do you really want to save the country have you given up already then here's the really really tough question Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this Center for Self-Governance. It will be right there. You want to do something? This is your something.
0: Welcome back to the collision of faith and politics. Here again is Dr. Sean.
1: Hey, I want to welcome I want to welcome all war fighters, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and Sheepdogs. Uniformed and clandestine services standing on the line for us. Hello to our, especially to our United States Marines deployed from the Tidewater, Virginia area. Hello to the Army Rangers and Ranger instructors listening today all over the globe. Rangers lead the way. Hello, United States Navy SEALs listening around the world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for serving. Listen, while I'm at this microphone, I will not allow our country to forget about you. Special welcome to our Gold Star families. I know that many of you listen. I'm honored that you would choose this show to listen. I know you have Lots to do. Lots going on. Lots to deal with. And the fact that you take the time to listen to this show, I really appreciate it. I appreciate all your letters every week, uh, your messages, and just so many of the the words of encouragement. It means a lot to me. It absolutely does. And I want to say this. There's people in your town. America, there's people in your town. People in your town. They've lost family members, direct, immediate family members in the battle for freedom, the battle against terror. I hate that word, battle for ter- that phrase, battle for terror, battle against terror. Man, if that's what we're doing, we're losing. And you know why we're losing? Not because we don't have great soldiers. Not because we don't have great combat soldiers and support staff and support military and, and support civilians and uniformed and clandestine service of ev- and and folks from every branch it's not because we don't have great soldiers it's because our our politics the it in washington they're more concerned about winning more concerned about winning votes than winning the battle they're more concerned about winning votes than keeping folks alive on the battlefield optics I'm worried about optics Listen, look for opportunities to serve the Gold Star families. They're real heroes. They're real heroes in your hometown. Special shout-out to the ones that I work with, Gold Star families and organizations across the United States, volunteers at the Michael Strange Foundation, America's Mighty Warriors, and Operation 300. Thank you to Charlie and Marianne Strange and the Hill groups and Sean and Angie, you guys are great patriots. Thank you to Debbie Lee and Karen and Billy Vaughn for taking up the fight for our soldiers and our families. means the world. means the world to me that you do what you do. And I'm always in your corner. Listen, in my show teaser, I told you all that I was going to advise you on how to prepare for when the inevitable riots come to your town. Remember that? Look, it, w- it was only, what, uh, 18 minutes ago, eight minutes ago? I mean, it was minutes ago. You, people, you got to take some ginkgo or some kind of thing if you forgot about it already. Either that or I was too bland, bland. So in my show teaser, I I told you I was going to advise you how to prepare for when the inevitable riots come to your town. Some of you soberly accepted that, and you're anxiously awaiting my advice. You're on the edge of your seat. You're pressing against the seatbelt, craning your ear toward the radio. You're turning it up even as we speak. Why won't this iPhone go louder? But some of you good folks out there think I'm exaggerating. You don't believe that there's a riot or a protest Coming to your city or a city near you, and, and you think, "Look, I don't live near a big city, or we don't have those kind of problems in my big city, or I don't, I just don't live in a big city. I live in a little town." This is the kind of positive thinking that I'm telling you is going to get you in a whole lot of trouble. In fact, it's going to get you killed. Don't get you dead graveyard, dead. Okay, so so what is my job? My job, as I see it, is to educate and inform, and a little bit of entertainment here or there listen there's There's a dangerous illusion of safety because potential violent looters aren't actually waiting for this official protest. Look, they're not waiting for uh anymore. They're not waiting for a good reason to have an air quotes official protest. Remember the sad truth that our state of racial unrest or relations isn't that these acts are protest-related. That's not the deal. Don't fall for that. Don't fall for that righteous indignation. You know, when the microphone gets stuck, you know, the, these reporters are in the crowd. And they shove the microphone. You know, they're, they're in the middle of the crowd breaking stuff and setting far to things folks you you got to you got to let go of the of the absolute delusional thought that there's really that they're really mad about something you got to let that go because you know when they get interviewed and and this did not go over well this last baltimore riot because it, the optics for television and radio uh, weren't too good especially on television they shoved the microphone in this air quotes protesters face demonstrators face you know, and you can see them, and they, you know, they got liquor all over them from the liquor store in their own neighborhood that they broke down the windows. They're climbing through the windows, broken down the door, and, and you know, because nothing says I'm mad about injustice. I'm going to get my justice back by grabbing an MD twenty twenty or or a handful of expensive liquor. And and hey, if they get the windfall of a protest, which is of course as you're learning now, you know, the subway employee. Thank God subway fired this chick uh, she she did a twitter post a little video where she was uh a little put her picture and then uh oh two cops got killed and uh then she celebrated she got fired by subway good move subway but you know the the windfall of a pro- the windfall of a protest you know what that is that's white police officers killing brothers, you know. That That is the best thing to protest over because, look, if it can be white, or at least some of them can be white. Now, maybe they don't necessarily have to kill the person, and maybe there's no witnesses, like in Baltimore. Oh, wait, there is a witness. It's a black witness, a prisoner. And he said, no, I didn't see them beat Freddie Gray. In fact, I saw Freddie Gray and heard Freddie Gray trying to hurt himself. They didn't drive crazy, they didn't beat him, they didn't throw him around. The dude couldn't be buckled up cuz he was cray cray. Hey, what's cray cray? Oh, another thing. He was high. Sorry. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Listen, you they shoved the microphone in these people's face. Stuff's burning all around them. Cars are stolen left and right. You know, over 200 cars were stolen. Hundreds of buildings torched and, and looted. Shove the microphone in the face. And what are you mad at? I'm I i, I I'm just mad. I, I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm angry. We angry. Geraldo, we angry. We mad. What are you mad at? I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I'm just mad. Well, how come if you're mad, are you stealing from stores in your own neighborhood? How come you're setting fire to stuff? Hey, man, would you shut up? You're the reason why. The light's on. The camera light's on. You know that make us steal stuff. You know we don't have to act when the light goes on. (laughs) And nobody's got a problem with that. Look, I don't care what color they are. This isn't, I'm going to tell you right now, I had a conversation with some black friends of mine. I said, look, today's show is going to be very controversial, very controversial. And they said, oh, tell me, you're going to be talking about the brothers and the sisters. I said, yep, not all of them, just some of them. They said, go ahead on. Go ahead on. Many of you are familiar with the flash mob. You ever hear that? What this is a flash mob, is a group of people who assemble in a public place. You've seen, come on, you guys have been on the internets. You on the internets right now? You ain't never seen no YouTubes on Facebook and Twitter. Come on, folks, get you, you watching kitty videos, aren't you? No, don't do it. Don't, oh man, don't show me no kitty videos. You know they make me cry. Come on. By the way, people who have cats. I'm just going to say this. Folks, keep your cats inside if you can. Keep your cats inside. Cats are the number one predator. They just kill. They kill all the ground birds. They kill all the bunnies. They kill the baby turtles. They kill everything. They kill everything just for sport. Uh, They really cause a lot of problems. So I'm just saying. That's my public, public announcement, my PSA. Keep your cats inside, man. Feed them inside. Keep them inside. Look, if we don't have birds, they don't eat bugs. Don't be whining to me about the bugs. You're letting your cat cats do what they do. Not around my house. They don't they won't do it for long. Anyway, flash mob. You know, you see you see on the T V from my folks in southern Delaware. The folks down in Southern Delaware, they watch T V. So you see on the television, you see on the internet, you see these flash mobs, and it, and sometimes it's it's really, really amazing. Like um, it's a real positive thing. Sometimes, like, around Christmas, I said it. I didn't say Xmas. I didn't say around the winter holiday. Christmas. It's about Christ. Uh the risen king. It's about him. Anyway, it's not about wintertime. You break. Anyway, these people assemble, you see these, and then they'll play. They're like uh, musicians. They come out of the woodwork. And then all of a sudden, there's a certain signal and then what happens? it usually starts with one person, maybe with a cello, and they put a chair down and it's very compelling by the way, I love the cello uh they they sit down and they start playing you know sort of a melody line, and then all of a sudden, people are looking around, they start to notice, and the cameras you know they're you know they're panning and they see people's reactions, some people are walking by, and then one by one by one by one, by all different areas, people sit down and then before long, you've got this. Beautiful orchestra playing beautiful music, and people are applauding, and it's just a it's a really awesome thing. Or there's dancers. That's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? It's usually a dance or a song. But you see, urban society has, has kicked that in the teeth, that beautiful thing called a flash mob, and they put a little twist on it, maybe a big twist. The unfortunate twist on flash mobs are ones that are only born, they're born only to be vicious and violent. They go by names such as Flash Rob, not short for Robert, Rob as in steal, or they call him Smash Rob. A Flash Rob, see that's, look, I'm educating y'all, this is, I'm not even charging y'all for this. This is free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. A flash rob, also known as a multiple offender crime or flash mob robbery. See, what this is, is this is an organized form of theft in which a group of participants enter a retail shop or maybe a convenience store en masse. You know, there's just a bunch of them. They just plan, hey, they tweet it out, you know, be there at such and such. They tweet their followers, be there at such and such. Or they Facebook it. I'm looking right outside my studio right now, and what do I see? I see a cat hunting baby birds. Come on, y'all. Bring your cats inside. Or they suffer some sort of peril. Anyway, so this is what they do. They 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 converge en masse on this, on this innocent retail shop or convenience store, and they steal stuff. Steal it. They knock over stuff. They do all that. That's what they do. You know what happens? See, typically store workers, I'm already getting messages about the birds. Don't hurt the birds, ninja pests. Or don't hurt the don't hurt the cats, ninja pest. Keep the cats inside. I can't say what's gonna to happen to them. Only you can prevent. Never mind. I'm gonna let that go. So anyway, store workers and employees in these in these cases, you know, when they're in the convenience store or retail store. They quickly become overwhelmed because there's a bunch of people coming in at one time. What do the cats say? <laughs> <laughs> I crack myself up. <laughs> no, that was Jerry from PA. Thanks, Jerry. That made me laugh just now. You guys know it made me laugh because I'm on the radio live, so you heard me laugh. Anyway, they they get overwhelmed. All of a sudden, they get overwhelmed, and it's, look, man, you know, 30, 40, 50, 200 it. They go in all at one time. They're unable to stop anything. Look, they're, you know what are they taught? They're they're taught don't intervene. They're taught under penalty of firing. Don't resist. Don't intervene. Don't do anything. Give them what they want without delay. Post haste. Oh, you know what I love. This is what I love. You know what I love. I love many of these same stores. You know, they, they, have, they have these petulant uh, banners. I hate these banners, these no guns allowed in this store. It, that's a petulant banner of liberal ignorance. That's just a testimony to their ignorance. No guns allowed in this store. You yeah, know, the criminals, they They read. They read. These flash mobs are are really many examples of what's happening in Baltimore and Ferguson and Philly and New York City, Detroit. And I'll tell you what, they've been happening more and more, really with terrifyingly increasing frequency since about 2010. Let me tell you something, folks. This is not the time for political correctness. White people should be alerted to the reality of black mob violence. And you know what else? Black people should be alerted to the reality of black mob violence. This morning doesn't have a color. When your life and safety of you or your loved ones is in imminent danger, the nonsense, the utter nonsense embedded in your mind, the politically correct, Left wing, not remotely based in fact, that junk in your mind from white guilt. Let me tell you something. When your life and the safety of you, your loved ones, is in imminent danger, that white guilt will be of no, I'll tell you right now, not only will it be of no value, it's going to get you killed. So you don't think it's that big of a deal, do you? I can hear you. I can. By the way, glad to have you guys in chat. Appreciate that. Look here, you hear me typing? Five, I'm going to give you a list. You'll be all right. Just a list. You don't have to write it down if you don't want to. Hey, you know what? You can listen to this show again. Uh, it's free of charge. You can send it to a friend. be pretty cool. tell you how to do that in a while. So on May 30th of 2011, 1,000, air quotes, teens, what they really were were rival gangs. They met in a Boston parking lot at a beach recreation area. There was a person arrested there, a mob. 2011, a 60-second robbing. It's called a one-minute rob. Um, 60-second robbing of a 7-Eleven store in Maryland. What happened was a group of these teenagers get together, and they how do they do it? They use social media, Twitter, Facebook, email, MySpace. Uh, I don't know what the other things are, text message. I don't know what they are. There's one thing with the picture pops up, and it's gone. I don't know. Anyway, they do all these things. They use all these things because they know how to do that. And then what they agreed to is they said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to walk in the store, ATPT. You know what that is. At this particular time, they're going to walk in the store, grab things off the shelves brazenly, and then brazenly walk out, unapologetically, without fear. April 29, 2011, in Washington, D.C., 20 or more teens took $20,000 worth of clothing from the G-Star Raw store. G-Star Raw. I don't know. There must be some urban thing. I don't know what that is. It's a place I don't shop say that right now in the georgetown area of washington dc this is according to police hey how about how about closer to where where i am at this moment uh august 2011 in philadelphia city of brotherly love mayor michael a nutter telling marauding black youths you have damaged and i'm quoting you have damaged your own race he imposed a tougher curfew um there was a Monday there that it's just so out of hand over the weekend in response. And he was responding to the latest flash mob. Now, let me just say this. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but a curfew. Oh, yeah, that'll work because mar- marauding criminals come home when their mom says so. Oh, they yeah. All you got to do is tell them come home and oh we got to quit marauding. We got to have a curfew. See, what happens here? Is a spontaneous group of teenagers. sometimes they're not teenagers. We say teenagers, but it's grown folk too. Let's suffice to say, let's stipulate. They're all old enough to know better. They come in and they attack people at random on the streets of the city's tourist and fashionable shopping districts. Not in their own hood. They go to where the tourists are, they go to where the fashion what it is, is it's 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 terrorism six eighteen two thousand twelve 18 2012, January, uh, I'm sorry, June 18, 2012, 40 teens, 40 flash rob a supermarket in, Port- a supermarket in Portland, Oregon. July 14, 2012, 50 teens flash rob a convenience store in Silver Spring in Maryland, outside of D.C. Hundreds of teens, this is uh, July 17, 2012, they flash rob a Walmart in Jacksonville, Florida. That's this. This one's if you put that in uh, on YouTube, it'll pop up. Hundreds flash rob a Walmart. A Walmart, folks. Walmart. By the way, I do not hate cats. I love cats. I love them. Keep them in your house. That's all I'm saying. I'm getting all kinds of messages don't hurt the kitties. So on uh July 30th, 2012, a Chicago clothing store loses $3,000 worth of jeans. This flash mob, sometimes they have a theme to them and they go in and they steal certain things. In this particular case it was just jeans, blue jeans. Do they call them jeans nowadays? Ooh, an old person must have done this copy. You know, jeans. Dungarees. That's the word I'm thinking of. Dungarees. What are you going to wear today? I'm going to wear my dungarees. <laughs> and my clam diggers. I don't even know what clam diggers are. I, for years, my whole life, I've heard that term, and I still don't know what they are. Somebody just messaged me and said those are capris. Nowadays they call them capris. You know guys wear capris now? Why lose that term? I'm, I'm saying guys, but this is technically a male. There are technically males wearing capris now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So anyway, dozens of teens overwhelmed a mid-blend supply company in the trendy Wicker Park section of Chicago, targeting nudie jeans. I don't even I, you look. I don't even know there is a nudie jeans. I don't even know what that is. Nudie, n-u-d-i-e jeans. They must be expensive. Holy crap! They sell for two hundred dollars a pair. Oh Jesus. That's the problem with America. The new math and how expensive jeans are. Good lands. We used to go to the Fox's Five and Dime. You got everything you needed. In Lewis, Delaware. The uh, Fox's Five and Nine. When I was growing up, you got everything you needed. Everything. Fox's Department Store. Everything you needed for school, including your clothes and your shoes. And your underoos. $200 a pair of good lands, people. Anyway, on uh, October 29th, 2012, scores of Twitter users they flooded the social networking site announcing their plans to go on looting sprees once Hurricane Sandy makes landfall. This is this is at the same time the New York National Guard announced it would put troops on duty in Long Island to prevent this activity. Now, why did they do this? They take advantage. Hey, don't let a don't let a good crisis go to waste, right? Don't let it go to waste. Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. Man, that's a li- that's that's a liberal, leftist thing if I ever heard it. So as Hurricane Sandy, as if the people don't have enough to deal with, they're going on looting sprees. How about in uh, December twenty seventh? You know, Christmas spirit is still alive. Looking forward to the new year, twelve twenty seven thirteen. More than 400 crazed teens who mistakenly thought the rapper Fabolus look man—they need to come up with some better names. That's just dumb. Fabulous, not fabulous, Fabulous. Would perform. They erupted into brawls all over Kings Plaza Shopping Center in Mill Basin on Thursday at 5 p.m. This is what sources said: the troublemakers looted and ransacked several stores as panicked shoppers ran for the exits and clerks scrambled to pull down those metal gates. Nothing says liberal, controlled, Democrat, ultra-leftist left, leftist leadership than when you drive into a neighborhood and you see a bunch of iron gates on the walls and you see those metal things that you pull down over the, the front of stores. Nothing says that like those screams liberal center. Mind you, this is the same shot, just, just to give you some reflection here, This is the same shopping center where in October, 10 black people, including a 12-year-old girl. Look, don't get mad at me for telling you what color they are. This is important. 10 black people, including a 12-year-old girl, viciously attacked a white couple. This is a Brooklyn group of black youths. What they do is they block in a couple's car and they bloody them. They beat them. They beat them to a pulp. That happened October 20th, 2013. New York Daily News in Brooklyn. I'm not making this stuff up. I have the best researchers in the business, man. Authorities say Ronald and Alana Russo, white people, were pummeled by attackers, black people ranging in age from 12 to 18. They showered them with racial slurs as their As they were beating them nearly to death. One Brooklyn teen said he was falsely arrested because he was wearing the same outfit as one of the assailants. Okay. Crazy thing. I know this is going to shock you. This is going to be just crazy. I don't even even know if you're going to be able to believe this. But no hate crime charges were filed when two white people were attacked by a black gang. No arrests were made in the post-Christmas day riots at the mall either. Hmm. Hmm. No hate crimes. All the attackers were black, yelling anti-white epithets as they were beating them almost to death. No hate crime charges. None at all. Police got a handle on it, right? You say, you're, you're probably thinking right now, Look, man, police, that's what the police are for. Hmm. Okay. Day after Christmas, 2013, down in Jacksonville, Florida, more than 600 people rioted on Christmas Day at the Hollywood River City. That what they what happened was what had happened was at that particular time, a Tyler Perry's A Madea Christmas, which I've seen very funny, extremely funny. Tyler Perry's A Medea Christmas, uh, they, they watched this, and then all of a sudden, everything went horribly wrong. Black youth, I'm saying black youth because that's the report. They taunted white police officers in a show of racial mob loyalty, standing firm against white privilege of authority. The headline was Christmas Night Melee Erupts at Jacksonville Movie Theater. Adult suspects get conditional release. So you say... You can Google this, by the way. I don't, you know, you don't take my word for it. So you say the police have it under control. You say the politicians have it under control. You say your liberal left has it under control. No arrests. Video all day long. Video all day long of 600 people. No arrests. A massive Christmas fight, Christmas night fight outside the Hollywood River City Movie Theater at the River City Marketplace on the north side ended with five young people arrested. Oh, wait. They did arrest five young people after dozens of patrol cars had to be called. Dozens, folks, had to be called to the scene, according to Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. The fight appears to have begun when an off-duty police officer was rushed by a group of teens and young adults at the movie theater's entrance and had to fend them off with pepper spray. Then it escalated. Now, this is the police report. Then it escalated into a crowd estimated at about 600 and yet only five people were arrested. City Councilman Ray Holt, whose district includes a shopping center just south of Airport Road, said he wouldn't know anything more about the incident until he spoke with the sheriff's office. But he wasn't happy about what happened. Witness Alicia Williams said she was on her way to the movies with a friend when police turned her around. Williams said she saw dozens of people involved in some kind of disturbance, which people now estimate grew to about 600 people fighting, jumping on cars. Now I'm gonna say this name, and y'all are gonna think I'm making this up. I'm not making this up. This name is a real name, Shaderic. (laughs) Serious, Shaderic. S H A D E R R I C K. Shaderic Lay said she. Oh, it's a she. I thought that. Oh, it's clearly thought that was a boy name. Um, Very masculine. Uh, Said she saw more than 50 people fighting in the parking lot. She said she feared for her life as she left the property of the large shopping mall. How about on four nine two thousand and thirteen? Hits keeping keep on coming. Two hundred teens get in a street fight originated at a Wendy's in Center City at four p.m. You say maybe that was two a.m. Man, I'm not out at two a.m. What if you pull into a Wendy's get you a frosty? Oh, they good too. How about a chili? Mm, you know I like chili. You know I like the Wendy's chili. Mm. Hey, here's a little known fact. I don't know if it's still the case, though, because uh, I don't know. You have to check my facts on this. But it used to be, did you know a Wendy's chili, normal-sized chili, whatever their regular size is, has a whole Wendy's burger, the equivalent meat of a whole Wendy's burger cut up in it? I know. Holla. Mm. Good. So good. That's 4 p.m., folks. It's 4 p.m. You're trying to get home from working for the man. Working for the man. You're just trying to get home to your house. You stop in and get you a chili and a Frosty because you'd be stupid to stop in there and get you a just a chili and not get you a Frosty. Original flavor. Don't mess around with that other mess. Or you could get you a root beer float. Hard to drive with, though. See, now I'm hungry. I done went and made myself hungry. You know, I know better. Talk about food on the show. Hey, how about on 11 4 of 2013? November 13th. You got it? 11 4. 2013, three Chicago area sports authorities. You guys ever you ever hear of that store, Sports Authority in Chicago? You know where there's gun control. Can't have no gun. They clearly they don't have any violence using guns in Chicago, the Windy City, Chitown. You can't. I obviously there are no murders with guns because you're not allowed to have a gun there. Oh wait, it's a murder capital. Isn't that run by leftist liberals, Rahm Emanuel? And isn't that where your president comes from? Hmm. By the way, the call-in number is 646-595-4641. You know, people are nervous to call in. I told you this would be a controversial show, but all I'm giving you is facts. So three Chicago area sports authority um, stores, they've been ransacked by flash mobs in in that past week. So, you know, five, seven days be- before 11-4, the dateline of this article. Prompting the chain to offer a $5,000 reward for anyone with information on the caught-on-camera robberies. Could, can you help me with something? Because you know I'm dumb. I'm from Sussex County. I don't know no better. If they own camera, if they was caught on camera, why don't the police look and see who they was and go catch them? Why does Sports Authority have to have a? Why do they have to have a five thousand dollar reward for anybody with information on the on the robbery? Somebody help me with that. Surveillance footage from the incident shows a large group of people entering the stores at once and dashing out with entire racks or handfuls of sporting goods. January ninth, two thousand and fourteen. There's a video. a uh, crowd of kids carry out a flash mob style robbery in Texas. One hundred thirteen fourteen. Um January thirteenth, two thousand fourteen in Ohio, convenience store, same thing. Flash mob. They just go in and rob the place. Beat up the beat up the uh store clerk. Just trying to just trying to make a living. Folks, the store clerk is just trying to make a living. They're not they're they're not the man. They, they work for the man, but they're not the man. You know what I mean? They're not the man. But it's real. Folks, it's, it, it's real. They're trying to do their job. I, I'm going lay something on you. Okay, there's some folks with some kids. Uh, I'm just getting some messages now. Um, I might have a, a guest coming on. He was an expert in uh, manpower uh, reallocation, police manpower reallocation and uh, patrol alignment. <laughs> good guy. Really good guy. All right, so you people that have college kids, maybe you have high school kids. Look, let's not even go to college. Let's say high school kids. You have kids in in high school, and they are trying to make money. Maybe spending money. That's all. Spending money. They're not trying to bother anybody. They're not trying to get involved in some bad stuff. Just spending money, man. And a mob comes in and robs them and beats them almost to death. Louisville, Kentucky, 325 2014. The teen mob violence that spawned at least 17 assaults and robberies Saturday night in downtown Louisville may have been fermenting for nearly a week on social media. How about 314 of 14, Georgetown, D.C., convenience store? Robbed, beaten, totally looted. Four ten two thousand and fourteen washington d c remember me told you about that twenty thousand dollars worth of clothing. there's so many more listen folks, I could go on and on and on and on. I could go on and on and on and on and on. I could do it. I could do it, but I'm not gonna. They're almost all on video, and usually nobody gets arrested or stays arrested. Just, I'll tell you what, this will be fun. Google Flash Rob. Flash Rob, F-L-A-S-H space Rob, R-O-B. It'll be fun. You'll be shocked. You'll be appalled. Here's my point. We're going to a break here in a minute, then we'll be right back. (laughs) <laughs> a very a very uh, timely break when you hear what this break is. Situational awareness, folks. Concealed carry. Only non-victims. The only non-victims in Ferguson, non-victims of the looting, the arson, the assault, all of these things. The only non-victims were concealed carry people. And open carry. They were like, "Mm -mm, no, you don't. Malls unable to protect shoppers when a flash mob descends. Convenience stores, they can't protect you. Police and security, listen, they they fear black assailants and the media backlash. And a lot of times they they mess up and, and arrest the victims instead. We'll be right back.
0: be back with Dr. Sean the Ninja Pastor after these short messages.
1: Hey listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes in your smartphone and and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted, even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self defense. Listen, you don't have to let this happen to you. Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips. The moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States, you just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be the second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. SecondCallDefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20630. That's a Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up you know, you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show. Uh, to follow this show, but there's links on there. Once you do that, or on that page, there's a link there, and that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go, get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in, and once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there, trust me. I've researched it all. Join today.
0: Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean
1: welcome back thank you thank you thank you and that was that was timely, wasn't it? Amazing how that happened. Amazing how that happened. Anyway, the racial aspect of flash mobs—it's usually ignored. Like, oh, come on, we're real. We're grown folk here. It's usually ignored by the media. News reports often uh, account for whites who defend themselves as participants. They're they're in the melee. Cities like Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, you know, you can get fired if you're, if you, in your press release, or let's say there's a robbery, okay? Let's say there's a robbery, and you're just, you know, you're just listening to the radio. Maybe you are, well, maybe you're, you're watching tv i know what people in cleveland do and you hear today uh down on uh, ackerman street uh, there was a robbery uh in which uh seven individuals uh, appear to be youths uh, they broke in to and broke out the front windows of the business uh the liquor store, and they stole, uh, reportedly, allegedly, they stole uh, probably, I don't know, uh, what's said to be about $500 to $2,000 worth of material. And so uh, it, it, all that stuff is gone. And uh, so the description are people between the age of probably 16 and 55 wearing shirts and some were wearing shorts and some were wearing long pants, some were wearing those sneakers and uh I think I saw probably some of those cracks and they were wearing those and they they went. Uh they went from there. So if you see them, you know notify police, call that number on the screen. Are they white? Are they black? Are they tall? What kind of hair do they have? Do you think that's important? That's a distinguishing characteristic. Don't you think that would be I don't know. Maybe a a good thing? <laughs> no, Cleveland, Ohio, you can't do that. Cleveland, Ohio, can't do it. You cannot do it. Can't do it. Cleveland, Ohio. You know what else? The police don't release what race the people were. Hey, uh this is going to shock you and I I'm going to just put this uh I'm going to put this out to you and you can deal with this how you want. Just like Isis. There've been many accounts of blacks burning white people alive. Also, if if you think that you only have to fear black Muslims, and you don't expect to encounter any of them in your neighborhood, well then, you know what, you need to think again. Because you see, the the media, they've also pretty largely ignored the recent trend of black-on-white violence. Totally, totally on burning white people, and burning white people's homes, and burning white people's businesses. Let me say it again. Black home white. Focus totally on burning white people and their homes and their businesses. Now, just in the looking today, found a total of 18. My crack researcher found a total of of 18. I mean, we had to stop at some point. 18 cases, Jessica Lynn. Chambers, 19 years old, brutally murdered. The culprit or culprits remain unknown still. But many suspect that her black gang-affiliated ex-boyfriend played a part in it. What happened to her? You remember this. Google Jessica Lynn Chambers. We found her in her car. She was doused in lighter fluid and set afire right next to her car. You'll remember it by this. Remember, attackers say or authorities say her attackers also poured light lighter fluid down her throat. When police arrived, Chambers was still alive and attempted to speak. However, Chambers was not the first white person to be set afire in recent months. There's a teacher by the name of Gabriella Penalba. You can Google this. Google it care? I'm getting messages now. That didn't happen. Yeah, it did. You don't want to believe it happened. Well, it's not a racial thing. It's not. Why are you bringing race into it? Because it was black gang members, a black gang who specifically set about to murder by setting her on fire. A white girl. Teacher Gabriella Penalba her shirt and her hair were lit when she turned her back. 23-year-old teacher, teenager. A teenager used a lighter. Why does he even have a lighter? To set his 23-year-old teacher's shirt and hair on fire when she was momentarily turned. She, her back was turned to the rest of the class. You say, well, there's no national news coverage. Gabriella Panalba is a teacher in Knoxville, Tennessee. She is white. Her teenage attacker, who set her on fire, was black. Liberals wonder why the self-centered white people don't care about the plight of young urbanites. Was the teen black? Your guess is good as mine. Oh, wait. Sorry, yes. The teen was. Here's a rather benign news report. Knoxville West High School arrested for trying to set teacher on fire are you ready you okay here you're you're hanging with me wait here are more here's more information let's see if this helps us this is a news report let's see if this helps us everybody raise their hand if you think this is going to help us this is the news report this is what the media this is what the media says you ready i'm going to read the report Knoxville, Wake County, a 15-year-old West High School student was arrested Monday morning for assaulting a teacher by using a lighter to ignite her hair and shirt. School resource, see, let me just, I hate this. I interrupt myself all the time. I'm rude as all get out. School resource, public education, political correct speak for police officers in the school. School resource officers responded to a classroom around 1045 a.m., According to the victim and witnesses, when teacher Gabriella Penalba, 23 years old, turned her back to the classroom, a male student lit her hair and shirt on fire. Other students quickly helped put out the fire. The suspect then tossed the lighter out the window when Penalba was getting help. The suspect fled from officers but was quickly caught after a foot chase. He admitted to the assault during a police interview. The fire was put out before Penalba received burns to her skin. The 15-year-old suspect was charged with aggravated assault and evading arrest. He was taken to the juvenile detention facility. Now that's a news article, right? What color were either one of these people? Oh, race doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a crime. It was specifically a black crime committed against a white person. For that reason, her race. Listen, Gabriella Penalba, she's just she's just one of the many victims. I'll give you a partial list of, of whites who've been set on fire by blacks. You say, come on, there isn't such a list. Yes, there is. Again, imagine the outrage if the races were reversed. Alan Gowen. His name is Alan Gowen, a 13-year-old from Kansas City. His two black teen attackers put him in a bear hug, poured gasoline on him, and set him on fire, saying, this is what you get, white boy. You want me to say it again? Google the name. Alan Gowen. A 13-year-old from Kansas City. His two black teenage attackers This is a 13-year-old, folks. Put him in a bear hug, poured gasoline all over him, and set him on fire while saying to him, this is what you get, white boy. How about the, the white Jews? How about that? Did they get any better treatment? How about Luke Fleischman? Good San Francisco Jewish boy. He was asleep on a San Francisco bus. He was just on his way, and he fell off to sleep. The news article goes like this. A few days ago, a black teen in California sent a slumbering bus passenger to the emergency room with severe second and third degree burns. 16-year-old Richard Thomas was just being playful when he set fire to the clothing of a fellow passenger sleeping on a city bus, according to family members of 16-year-old Richard Thomas. News reports stopped short of detailing the family structure of the team, but quoted his mother as saying, I'm very sorry for my son's actions. I did not raise him that way. My son is not a hateful person. He's a kid. Kids joke around. Let me go back a minute. A few days ago, a black team, this is not a few days ago by now, it's an older report, but a black team within the last couple of years, A black teen in California sent a slumbering bus passenger to the emergency room with severe second- and third-degree burns. According to family members, 16-year-old Richard Thomas, he was just being playful. He was just being old, funny old Richard. Tricky Dick, we call him. (laughs) He was just being fun. Isn't that fun? Isn't Richard fun? Two first names, Richard Thomas. He's just being fun, he's being playful when he set far the fellow little little old Luke Fleischman, he would just he was just funny you know the media likes to invoke the word "family when referring to black thugs, even when the family structure is literally non existent you know it 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 helps to cushion the harsh blow of reality. The parents of his 18-year-old white victim were outraged to learn their son had been set on fire as he slept. Luke Fleischman suffered severe second and third degree burns to his lower body and is recovering from surgery at a San Francisco burn hospital. We'll be right back.
0: We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages.
1: Hey, Happy Warriors, this is the Ninja Pastor here. Please, this is very important. If you could... Follow and subscribe this show. You know what? My statistics for this show don't count unless you are a subscriber or a follower. Uh, what you do is you go to blogtalkradio.com, backslash, the Ninja Pastor. And if you use Twitter and Facebook, follow us at the Ninja Pastor. And on Facebook, click on Sign Up, just under my photograph, under www.facebook.com, backslash, God and Country Radio. Subscribers. You get notifications first of all of our shows, anywhere we're appearing, and it's all free. Nobody steals your information. Again, if you could click on follow and subscribe here at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. If you're on Twitter and Facebook, follow me at the ninja pastor. Go to Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Click follow and sign up. Thanks a bunch. Man, I really appreciate it. Way to go. Happy Warriors.
0: Welcome back. To the collision of faith and politics. Here again is Dr. Sean.
1: Hey, Michael Brewer, this is number three, was doused in a flammable, uh, some sort of flammable uh, substance, you know, by bullies. Apparently they didn't, did they not see the pink t-shirts that says no bullying? Did they not see that? Maybe he didn't have one. I don't know. Would it have been better? Maybe if he just had that. Just a shirt. Pink shirt. Maybe I don't you know, if he just had that shirt. Honestly. All it would have taken. Just a shirt. <sighs> if we had more money, it's for the kids. If we just had more money. We could get more Anti-bullying shirts. And that's why this happened. Let's be honest. That's why this happened. Because we didn't have enough shirts to go around. Poor kids. It's for the kids. You know, we need any amount of money. As long as it's for the kids. It's for the children. We need more money. We need more time. Michael Brewer was doused in a flammable substance by school bullies and set a fire. a florida middle school student refusing to attend school because of intense bullying by black classmates Hence, segregated schools in the intelligent it is you know the old south is intolerant you know they're afraid to do anything because you know in the old south hey you know how it is <laughs> i don't think they're as scared as all that Hey, they chased down police officers in Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland's considered the South. Armed police officers running from a black mob with rocks and bottles. Somebody better give me an amen. The teen's fears were confirmed when he was doused with a flammable liquid and lit. He was severely burned and scarred for life, arrested as a 17-year-old black boy let me just lay this on you. Had this been a white-on-black crime, it would have been Trayvonized for weeks on end. You you flip the races. You flip the races. Flip them around. And you tell me what happens. Justice for Trayvon. Do you see about it on the news? Did Al Sharpton run down there and organize a protest? Get justice, justice for Michael Brewer, justice for Michael Brewer. What do we want? Justice. What do we need it now? Oh, and I need, I need some liquor too. I need me some liquor too. Justice and liquor. That's all I need. And and some sneakers. I need some. I need some. I need some new sneakers. Um, and a oh, and a TV. That's all I need for justice. According to attorneys, the black teen reasons like a child. You know, poor, poor thing. You know, the average intelligence disparity between whites and blacks. It's largely been discredited by uh, knowledgeable pundits who comment on such things without bothering to cite the entire body of evidence. Their views reverse when a horrendous crime is committed as they adopt the hateful bigoted views of racists and declare the accused a blooming idiot who's so dumb as to not be able to reasonably be held accountable for his actions. You know, amazingly, IQs drop after crimes are committed. Thank you to my crack research team for pointing that out. Let me let me run this at you again. Okay. You know there are some folks that say the average intelligence disparity between whites and blacks has been largely discredited by knowledgeable pundits who comment on such things. They don't cite the whole body of evidence, so they just say what they want to say, and you know it just ends up being a big fight back and forth. They're racist for saying that they're not neither side is citing the whole truth. But amazingly, when defending a horrendous crime like this, this 17-year-old black boy, according to his attorneys, you know, he reasons like a child. Poor thing. Poor thing. He reasons like a child. He's so dumb. He can't be reasonably held accountable for his actions. Amazingly, IQs always seem to drop after they commit a crime. It seems the black thugs, they're particularly fond of setting old white people on fire. Do you hear this? Old white people. Now look, I'm using black and I'm using thugs and I'm using white people. I'm going to hit you with some statistics. These are real. They're not made up. The following are all elderly. Uh, there's a post, why do blacks attack old white people? And, and this is all detailed in there. This homeless woman was doused and lit on fire as she slept on a park bench. Her name was Florence Parker. A few months ago, a black guy torched an elderly homeless woman as she slept on a bench outside a bus station. Also in California, witnesses say 24-year-old Dennis Patillo, a black male, doused a 67-year-old homeless woman with a flammable liquid then tossed a match on her. The woman was sleeping on a bus stop bench at the time of the attack. Police say the attacker didn't know his victim and there was no motivation, such as maybe a dispute that triggered the attack. We can't say he was lashing out on her because she was a racist and said bad things about black people. Hold on a second. She was asleep. She was homeless. She was 67 years old. Neighbors say the woman was a local fixture who rejected the offers of living assistance. Patillo was charged with attempted murder as his victim lay in a hospital's critical care unit. You want another one? An Asian woman who apparently is white, considered to be white, Yoko Cullen was kidnapped, stuffed in her car trunk, and burned alive. Google it Yoko Cullen. C-U-L-L-E-N, YOKO, Y-O-K-O. There was also the news account of a group of black people who kidnapped an elderly East Asian woman. Yoko Cullen locked her in the trunk of her own car and set it on fire. The coroner said the woman burned to death. How about this one? Jimmy Sanders was trying to help a stranded motorist who set his truck on fire, him in it. Listen, I'm getting a ton of messages. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say something right now. All these mess- hate messages I'm getting. Let me say this. If you don't like facts, this is probably not the show for you. If this is making you feel bad to hear me say, apparently there's a trend of black people, certain black people, growing trend of black people, setting white people on fire, If you don't like it, then you don't like facts. I don't care what color you are. These are facts. The truth doesn't have a color. Look, he was just trying to help what he thought were stranded motorists. Another news account missed by the national media. Apparently, just somehow or another, the national media just couldn't pick up on this. It was just, I don't know how it slipped by. involved an older guy who answered the door of his country getaway to two stranded black males. He said they needed a lift. He gave the two a lift in his truck. The next day, the police found the white guy's truck still smoldering with the victim's body inside. Hey, you know if you were doing a movie? Mississippi Burning, that'd be a good title. Life and Tragic Death of Jimmy Sanders. Google it. That's his name. 65-year-old's body was found inside his pickup truck, set afire by two black males who robbed him. His truck was found still burning after 24 hours. Where did he live? You say it's the cities, man. I don't go into cities. I don't know where about nothing. I don't go into cities. <laughs> I don't go in no cities. This was rural. Rural area. He left his home to assist Eric Ellis, 28 years old, black male, and Malcolm Melton, 22 years old, black male. They, claimed, they came up to his house. They claimed to have car trouble. The two young black men were charged with Sanders' murder, 65-year-old, 65- or 67-year-old, can't remember which, 65-year-old black man. He was just trying to help them. Can I ask you something? Why do you think Sanders left his home to assist these two young black males he did not know? These two strangers? Didn't he know that according to the Department of Justice, you know who's in charge of the Department of Justice? Yeah, that's right. Used to be Eric Holder. Now Loretta Lynch is. Hang on, we got a call. Hello, what's your name? Welcome to the show. Hi, it's Randy. Oh, blast from the past. Mr. Randy, I won't say it's good. I'm doing good, brother. Thank you for joining us. You and about 422,000 other people all over the world. Hey, Randy, thank you for calling in. You know what? It's interesting that Randy calls in because you know what Randy is? He is a retired police officer. And uh, I happen to know that many, many years ago we took a class, and I think Randy was involved in this class, Manpower Resource Allocation Uh, From a Harvard professor, Mark Hopkins, and we took that class, and Randy served honorably uh, during his entire, he's highly decorated, did some great things, super, super smart guy, um, and, and an incredible police officer, quite frankly. I was honored to serve with him, but one of the areas Randy's really, really good at is telling the truth about what the real deal is. Randy, let me just lay this on you. According sure. to the Department of Justice, 52.2% of all homicides are committed by blacks, nearly all black, nearly all of that. This is Department of Justice. Nearly all by black males aged 18 to 49. And they comprise a mere 3% of the population. I was just telling the story about, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Jimmy Sanders, who's a 65-year-old guy, lived out in the country. Uh, he was found in his pickup truck, set afire, and he was robbed by two black males. Eric Ellis, twenty eight year old, Malcolm Melton, twenty two years old. They went up to his house out in the country, said they had car trouble. Uh what they do? They they robbed him. They robbed him and then they set him on fire and burn him to death inside his car. Well what I what I'd like to ask you, because you are a sharp guy on many topics, but this particular topic is look, do we have enough police officers? I think we have enough
2: taxes. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, oh, now you did well, it.
2: Yeah, I opened up the lines. Now I I believe that um we have we have lots of police out there that uh have lost their way. They've lost their guidance. It's uh I don't want to use a bad allegory, but it's like parents that don't know how to raise their kids and the art of being a parent is lost. The art of running a police department in your time and my time is hard to find right now, at least where I live in northern Delaware. But I I believe that uh, there are some police departments that, uh, heaven forbid me, my friends are going to hear me say that I think they've got too many people. But what it is, uh, uh, we've strayed away from community policing. I know you and I have chatted online a couple times about that topic, but... Uh, I was on the team, and you were on the team when we went, and uh, we were uh, in the forefront, the crest of the wave, on the, some of the first money that came out of Washington for community policing. And uh, uh, the pros will tell you now that it's pretty much gone, but they wished it hasn't gone, hadn't gone away, because we need to go back to it.
1: So where it, did it go? Uh, lo- uh,
2: the economy crashed. And it's like a house of cards. It's like dominoes. The economy crashed. Police departments, small towns couldn't raise taxes anymore. Uh, I'm a single man. I'm paying 36 cents out of every dollar I make right now in some form Ooh. of tax or, or fee. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's uh, and but uh, some folks pay more, some folks pay less. But I can tell you that it's about a harvest of money. And uh, police officers. I, I live in a very small town in northern in northern Delaware. Northwest Delaware, and I can tell you that we had uh, three radar operations simultaneously last Sat—not this past Saturday, but a week ago Saturday—were three in a town of fewer than 7,000 people. There were three radar setups. Some of them were two-man uh, operations, but uh, I've gone and spoken to some of the authorities in, in the place, and they've said they're doing exactly what we want, what we want them to do, and they've used that money from uh, radar and from red light tickets. And bought six new cars well you, you've got you've got uh, fourteen fifteen police officers, you need six cars, six new cars, so it's the self fulfilling domino effect. but what has happened is that we have they have somewhat where along the line strayed to the path of let's go out and harvest money from anybody we can we can find and uh you know in in a small town, a lot of the folks that are getting tickets for Five over, six over, seven over, ten over, whatever, are people that live here. And I uh, spoke to the mayor, who's a friend of mine. I won't mention his name. I won't mention the town, but he's a. Low, it's a small town. I said, when's the last time you heard anybody, anywhere, in conversation, in the newspaper, on the radio, say anything nice about the cops in this town? It's been a long time because it's become a us versus them mentality. And I uh, don't get me wrong, you know, you've know, you known me for a long time. I think uh, you remember us talking about not letting the bad guys get away with it. The bad guys have to be punished. They've got it. The law must be obeyed. But cops don't legislate, and they don't adjudicate. Their job is in their title. What does a painter do? What does a house painter do? What does a landscaper do? What's a law enforcement officer do? He or she goes out and enforces the law. The legislators put it on the books. And the police go out and make us all obey it. But the bad guys have to be singled out from the good guys. You have to separate the victims from the victimizers. And that's difficult to do, obviously, right? Right. It's hard to do. That's hard to do. So when you turn against your own people, that sounds kind of biblical, doesn't it? When you turn against your own Uh, Instead of treating the taxpayer like a customer, and that's community policing, one of the basic premises is that the taxpayer is your customer. They can't have it tailored to suit them, but they're going to have their way because pretty soon they're going to privatize or do away with, uh, like, like the metropolitan police departments that are are coming down the road. But if, if we were smart, we'd go back to community policing. It doesn't cost anything, and I've offered to teach it for free. I used to teach it. I've offered to teach it for free again. But right now, there's a giant money harvest in my area that has become like a, I don't want to say an addiction. I'm using the wrong words. But there's a a need to have money so you can support your staffing levels. You can have your your, uh, salaries, your pensions, your support staff, your vehicles. And, you know, it's not all bad because we've got a very well-equipped very good-looking sharp police department but what happens is again my training background if you don't practice your craft no matter what it is if you don't practice you're a carpenter or a plumber or a house painter if you don't practice you're not going to get any better at it you're going to start forgetting how to do it i'm afraid that the police just like a parent they're going to forget how to do their job Mm -hmm. and it's going to be lost the job of police officer, especially in my small town, has been changed to a person who goes out, gets a radar gun, makes a bunch of money for the for the town, and goes home and feels like he's done a good job because that's what his boss wants him to do.
1: Revenueers, right? Revenueers, <laughs> raising much. revenue, hidden,
2: hidden tax, hidden taxes, um, red light cameras. I personally, and this is my personal opinion. I trust a cop's eyes and judgment a lot more than I do a camera. Yeah, amen. But they've rewritten the law about uh, confronting witnesses against you. Now you've got a camera. And all they can say is, don't run a light. If you don't want a ticket, don't run a light. But it's a harvest of money that, that was never there, and now they've got addicted to the millions and millions of dollars that these cameras around here are making. There's new ones coming, and there's new and there's more coming because it's a private company that's putting them in, and they're getting fifty cents of every dollar that comes in. So uh, they're not they're not going to stop putting them in. They're not going to take them out.
1: Sounds like a, a money making uh, enterprise. Hey, while I have a, you and your expertise sure. at, at my uh, at my fingertips here, what do you make of Baltimore? What happened in Baltimore with the police officers? There's lots of video of the police officers turning and running, literally fleeing from the mob uh, coming toward them. What do you make of that? What drives policing,
2: that? Policing is, a, is uh, oh, heaven forbid me, you know I'm an honest guy. Policing is sometimes a bluff. I've walked into a crowd of 100 people and said, let's calm down, let's behave, let's talk, and gotten away with it. Uh, I think those days might be gone. But, again, the police are, are partly to blame for that. There's a, there's a lack of trust. There is... Uh, uh, a focus by the press, by the liberal press, on the bad guys. And and you know, you can quote the percentages, the less than 1% of uh, of bad cops uh, incidents. But the, the old saying is, and I believe it's still true, you and I have hundreds of, of acquaintances and, and friends and family members that are police officers, law enforcement, past and present. And there's nobody that hates a dirty cop worse than a cop. So I guess I'm the wrong person to ask about uh, a, a corruption or somebody who's done something wrong and it's captured on video. Well, I believe that if we do things wrong, we are, sooner or later we'll be punished for it. But you can't lie your way out of a video. Now, the riots in, in Baltimore and the riots all along, uh, I still have my DSEG suit from the 70s. I still have it hanging in my closet. Hmm. It's a total it's an artifact. It's it's no longer uh, applicable, but they there. These riots are nothing new But it just shows that a couple thousand angry people will defeat 25 police officers every time and uh, uh, It's a sad fact. It's an indictment of where we are in society a police officer ha- cannot carry the respect of the community around in his hands uh, he can't wear a sign, please don't hurt me. It, you know, that's not that's not what it's all about. The, the uniform says, police, I am your friend. I'm a public servant. I am here to protect you. Let me know how I can help you. I told my girlfriend the other night I used to carry groceries, help people load their groceries, carry babies. When, when uh, a woman was walking with two or three kids, I'd carry one of the kids, get out and throw the ball. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I would still do it. If I was still out there, I'm 62 years old, I'd go out there and do it, and and I wouldn't be afraid of it, but it, it, it has changed. I've been retired for 17 years. It's changed.
1: Yeah, it's a whole different world. Well, Randy, I'd like to have you back on a future show. I'm doing a series, uh, and uh, at some point I'd like to uh, have you back on a show. You're obviously... Uh, and I've always known this—an incredibly intelligent guy, very well educated. Thank you. And uh, so we're we're honored to have you on here. Thank you for your service. Thanks. I Anytime. appreciate it, and we're we're going to have you back on again. Thanks, thanks so much, Randy. Take care. I really appreciate it. See Take you care. later. So, folks, there you have it—a guy who did the job. He's retired from the job, been retired 17 years, and 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 there's part of the answer right there. Uh, when when Randy called in, I I had a question: Why in the world? Did Mr. Sanders, 65-year-old man, white man, leave his home out in in the country? And he didn't know these two black males. He didn't know them. Again, the Department of Justice. Now, this isn't Sean Greener. This isn't the ninja pastor. This isn't Dr. Sean. This is the Department of Justice. 52.2% of all homicides are committed by blacks nearly all by black males aged 18 to 49 who comprise a mere 3% of the population let me let me postulate to you maybe mr sanders was driven by white guilt and maybe that white guilt was fostered on him by liberal media was he shamed into believing that if, that if if look if i don't help them if i'm afraid if i don't answer the door then I'm a racist. I'm a bigot. The thieves made off with six dollars. Six dollars. What moved these young black males to rob and to kill elderly white man, sixty five year old white man, Jimmy Sanders? Did they watch the the very real film, Mississippi Burning, determine, hey, you know what, our hatred is justified. There's no indication that Mr. Sanders had ever uttered a a racial epithet in his life. He left his home in the country to go help these two young fellows, and they killed him by setting him on fire inside his vehicle. Oh, maybe we could conclude that propaganda films produced in Hollywood—they're complicit in the crime and violence committed against elderly white people. But, but we're the racists for pointing that out. You know, racist is the word.
2: What happened to that hope and change to unite us one and all?
0: Because we are more divided now Why Dr. King would be
2: appalled if you don't agree with their these are what they have to say Well, nine times out of ten my friend, the racist cards
1: they'll play Racism is the word. Kay and Ron Rivoli. Here's some more. You want some more? Why not? Facts win the day. Nancy Harris was doused and lit on fire as she worked as a clerk. Who lit her on fire? A robber. White lady, Nancy Harris, just trying to make enough money. She was an older white lady. She wasn't doing anything wrong. She was just serving people, trying to survive. She was doused with a flammable liquid, and she was set on fire. She died days later. She was a clerk at a convenience store where she was doused with a flammable liquid and set on fire by a black male who took cash from the store's register. You think he could have just taken the money and run? Just give him the property, man. Just give him the money. She did. He doused her in a flammable, set her on fire. She died from her attack after suffering for days in agonizing pain. Matthew Lee Johnson. He was facing the death penalty as of January 2013. Google the names, Nancy Harris, Matthew Lee Johnson. How about Raymond Vashol's house? He was set on, his whole house was set on fire with him in it. Home Invader came in, set his house on fire with him in it. A black male hired to shovel snow returned to rob and beat the elderly couple who hired him, according to news reports. He then set their house on fire. With them in it. But but he but he told authorities, I was just trying to help them. Thirty year old Terrence Hale is accused of breaking into the home of an elderly couple who had hired him earlier to shovel snow at their residence. Eighty three year old Raymond Vashels was killed during the ordeal and his elderly wife was injured. Hale, Terrence Hale, thirty year old black man, who was accused of setting fire to the home said he was just trying to help. This occurred in February of 2013. The accused went to trial the following October. As of this writing, a verdict has not been reached. Folks, this happened in February 2013. The trial wasn't until the following October 2014, and there's no verdict. The defense claimed that nobody saw the attack and and that constitutes reasonable doubt. How about Richard Michael Carter? He was shot in his uh he was just uh, just in his SUV and and then the SUV was torched with them in it. An elderly white man was shot in his SUV which was torched by two black males allegedly. It isn't known if the man was deceased before or after the fire engulfed his vehicle. In a familiar story of intelligent and responsible white man, he's an intelligent and he's intelligent. He's responsible white man. He was murdered by black thugs. Rick, Richard Michael Carter, 61 years old, he rented a trailer to one of the black males arrested for his murder. Carter, a loan officer for 37 years, was found shot to death in his 2002 Toyota Land Cruiser, which had been set afire. One of the arresting suspects, Leroy Glover, 25 years old, is also accused. Of setting fire to the mobile home, he rented from Carter. Also arrested for Carter's murder was Jason Glover, 23, also a black male. Well, here's a little something for you: the federal government's equal housing laws force white landlords to accept black tenants. A news report, and there's there's a whole thing. It's an 800 number, and if you ever feel like your race is keeping you from being uh, from from getting housing, or if somebody asks you the wrong question the wrong way or even hints at anything that could be a hint that they're racist or even biased in any way. Well, that could be trouble. A news report stated that Leroy Glover indicates he served time in state prison for felony, burglary, grand larceny, and receiving stolen goods in 2006. Glover was sentenced to seven years, but served five and three months. Carter was a graduate of University of South Carolina, the murder occurred in two thousand this is october twenty thirteen in South Carolina. Catherine Kit Grazioli's murdered body was discarded in a trash bin and burned. Eighty seven year old Catherine Kit Grazioli was killed in a Colorado Springs, Colorado attack. Arrested and charged with the murder was a twenty one year old black male who was on probation for second-degree burglary at the time of the killing. Police declined to state the cause of death, but reported the killer had dumped the victim's body at a remote location where he set her body on fire. Arrested was Marcus Smith, who police believe may have attempted to burglarize his victim's home. Grazioli was remembered as an active businesswoman who was tech-savvy and kept abreast of the latest gadgets. She had been a deaconess, at her church, and was the mother of three sons and five grandchildren. The murder occurred in November of 2011. Kenneth Athey survived a home invasion in which he was set on fire. An 82-year-old white man was attacked by a hammer-wielding black teenager in 2008. The victim, now 87 years old, sat in court as his young attacker was sentenced. He was 82 years old when it happened. He was 87 by the time the person was sentenced. What's that about swift justice? Five years? In his statement to the court, the elderly Kenneth Athey read aloud, Even after four years, it's difficult to imagine the reason for the accused stabbing me and torching my body. This attack took place during a home invasion. You know what that is? That's a robbery. It's a burglary. It's a taking of somebody's stuff. Having searched the Internet with Google and and my mind and my super top-notch crack researcher, we find no instance in American history where in a white teen, and we tried, when a white teen invaded the home of an elderly black man, beat him with a hammer, stabbed him repeatedly, and then set him on fire. You know, the media and scholars and the left wing, they always remind us of unnamed, hooded white people who scoured the countryside on horseback in search of innocent Negroes to terrorize. They do have some difficulty, however, providing exact names of the innocent black victims. Why did Ronald Cherry attack Athey? I wonder if he was acting out years of indoctrination that portrays blacks as victims of white privilege. Our listeners provide us with uh, three other instances. A 12-year-old white boy was kidnapped in Houston, Texas. Jonathan Foster's charred body was found in a ditch. Middle-aged black female was charged with his murder. Yeah, that white privilege didn't work out so well for the 12-year-old white boy. Kansas City, Missouri, a 13-year-old boy was chased home from school by black classmates who doused him in gasoline and set him on fire. He suffered third-degree burns on his hands and face. How about Laurie Patton, 39 years old, strangled and burned beyond recognition in a South Carolina motel room? Gentle giant, giantess, torch, former co-worker. They're accused of beating, binding, strangling, and torching a former coworker at American Eagle Outfitters in Fort Worth, Texas. Carter Carol Cervante, 25 years old, and her boyfriend, Clarence David Mallory, 19, are accused, both black, by the way, by police of plotting to steal thousands of dollars from the store in the wake of a massive Black Friday sale, ironically. The two apparently killed Ashley and Harris so they could steal her keys to the store where Harris was the assistant manager. The crime occurred at the Hullen Mall in Fort Worth, Texas, November 28, 2014. Google it. Go ahead. Y'all who are sitting there feeling guilty, oh, why does he keep saying black? Why does he keep saying white? Why does he have to keep saying that? Because it's true. Am I saying all black people? No. But 52.2% of all homicides are committed by, by black males. You've got to call it what it is, folks. Stop running from it. Nothing's going to change in the community, air quotes, until we start telling the truth about what we're really up against. How about this? The Wichita mother of four who died after being raped and torched in a park. Both the victim and the accused perpetrator were black. Oh, wait a second. Now that crime fails to meet the cultural Marxist mandate for a serious crime because it doesn't fit the narrative of white bourgeoisie villain versus black proletariat victim. White Lithia- There's another one. White Lith- this is. I mean, I, I got a ton of them. White Lithuanian woman torched by black Somalian in East London. Well, I don't go to London. Why not? 23-year-old London woman was doused with gasoline and set on fire after she refused to have sex with a Somalian immigrant. Mohammed Kosar, 28, invited the woman to meet him in an East London alley for a private talk. However, Kosar had a can of gasoline waiting in the premeditated attack. Without warning, Kosar doused the young woman and set her on fire. The woman was identified to the media as Dovile Krivakate. She was burned, left to burn in a huge fireball. Kosar was sentenced to 32 years for the crime. This was February 2014. Check on it. Do all. Look, do all you want now. Do all you want. Do all you want. Mother and daughter, beaten to death, their home set on fire. Firefighters found the bodies of Robin Aldridge, 58, and her 17-year-old daughter, Mani, when they responded to a fire at their home. The two women had been beaten to death and their home set afire. Arrested for the crime... Jean Everett Washington, 30 years old, black male. How about 33-year-old Melinda McCormick? According to local news reports, the murder was ignored by the national mainstream media, you know, because it's not important enough. Wait a second. The news is colorblind, isn't it? Melinda was brutally beaten with three different weapons, and her home was set on fire. The three blacks arrested for the white woman's murder were also charged with robbery. But the motive transcends theft and murder. One of the confessed killers confessed killers reportedly confided in authorities that he beat and murdered Melinda because he hated white people. Were they charged with a hate crime? Three blacks murdered Melinda McCormick specifically because they hated white people. Real quick, we'll be right back.
0: We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages.
1: Hey, Happy Warriors, this is the Ninja Pastor. Every week I tell you about the Student Rights Handbook, a guide to constitutionally protected religious freedom on campus. Remember where this comes from. This comes from the Alliance Defending Freedom. If you go to AllianceDefendingFreedom.org, you will be able to download one of these PDFs for free. They'll also send you a Student Rights Handbook for free, in print, nice spiral bound. Tells you all about the the rights that your children, your neighbor's children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, any of your friends have, including teachers that might be in the public school system. What rights do individual students have to express their faith at school? What rights do religious clubs have to access secondary school facilities? What can students, coaches, teachers do as a part of religious clubs on campus? That's the thing. What rights do you have? Folks, you don't know until you read this. You don't know that your rights, your children's rights, are being taken away. Alliance Defending Freedom More, go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a quick little link there. While you're there, click on like, click on sign up. We'd be glad to have you. Thank you. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and
0: Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean.
1: Know about now, I should mention this delightful racial trend of flash mobs and smash mobs and setting people on fire and stuff on fire in addition to the protest, looters, rioters, similar goings on without the cover of injustice being protested. What do I mean here? Flash mobs and the new thing smash mobs and smash robs groups of young black people descend on a shopping mall. I told you about it before. They're organized by social media. They loot and rob and they beat up white people. Now, don't go all apoplectic on me. Don't don't lose your mind on it. Understand that it is racist to not tell the truth for fear of being called racist. I'm not indicting all black people. In fact, I'm not indicting even a majority of black people. But the reality is this. These are specifically black mobs organized and gathered specifically to beat up specifically white people. Don't hate the messenger. Don't hate. It's true. It's documented. Look, I don't know whether it's hard for you to accept this reality or not. There's a lot of sensitivity, a lot of white people very, very nervous about this topic. I know it for a fact. It's okay. I made I made a commitment to tell the truth on this show. Look, this reality given the implications tethering riots and insurrection and rape and murder and theft and arson and anarchy, sweeping this country right under your nose. Here's the thing our enemies, our foreign enemies, ISIS, North Korea, Iran, nearly all of the Middle East all of our enemies they're all watching our weakness they're plotting and planning and acting while we're busy lying about the root of our real problems they're planning plotting and preparing they aren't coming they're here did you hear me are you listening they're not coming they're here are you preparing Look, smash mobs are happening. They're happening all over the country, not just in urban areas, not just in inner cities. Why haven't the vast number of liberal, and look at Baltimore, liberal black leaders improving the circumstances of their constituents? Why aren't they doing that? Why? Because they don't want to. Improving their black constituents' lives, it doesn't benefit their agenda. Remember what you learned here on this show last Monday that – that now uh, it, it it cracked me up because I watched the major shows, the big time shows, with the big names, and and I listened to the radio shows, and none of them were saying this for, until about three days after last week's show. I'm not saying they listen to my show; they don't use my show for show prep, but they were just late in the game, and I was up front. You heard it here first that the black state attorney for Baltimore City, prosecuting the six police officers, her husband is the district councilman for the district where Freddie Gray was arrested and where the riots ensued. Eighty percent of all people incarcerated in Maryland come, well, her husband, been there for years. Folks, we have a black president, we have a black attorney general, we have two of them now. This is the second one, and she's a black female, black mayor, black councilman, black judges, black lawyers, black teachers, black school administrators, and yet no improvement. Isn't this a little bit like the man keeping the man down? I'm here to tell you, smash mobs and smash robs are numbering in the hundreds. I just gave you, I don't even know how many today. There are hundreds. Some of you are sitting there in your comfort of your suburban home and you're saying, well, I don't know. I just stay out of Baltimore. It's what I'll do. I'll stay out of Baltimore. That's that's the best thing I can do. Just stay out of Baltimore. You go to Walmart. Do you? you go to the convenience store? Do you get gasoline? That's where they happen. Join us next week. Join us on Sunday. Go to the website. Uh, go to the show page. Watch old shows. Uh, we had a great lesson and message yesterday. Listen in. This is real stuff. Thanks for joining us. You'll be all right.